0: Do we not hear the noise of the grave diggers who are burying God? Do we not smell the divine putrefaction? For even gods putrefy. God is dead. God remains dead. And we have killed him. Can you get more left hand than that? Let's see. Hello everyone, I'm Angela and welcome back to my channel, your online resource for the academic study of magic and magic practicing traditions and religions. Today we will explore the possible connections between the philosophy of Nietzsche and that underlying western esotericism, more specifically left-hand path traditions. There are two main premises to make before I dive deeper into the topic. First, Nietzsche is a philosopher who has been differently interpreted, sometimes misinterpreted, by many thinkers and philosophers, in the worst case, to fit a certain political agenda during the Second World War. This is facilitated by Nietzsche's writing style, which is quite poetic, aphorismatic and fragmentary. Thus, if you are passionate about his philosophy, I'd highly recommend you read his books and make up your own mind on his philosophy. I will leave Nietzsche's books and the referenced academic analysis, as always, in the info box. Second, comparisons are always a dangerous ground to navigate for scholars but I still want to venture there and discover the liaison points between the Western esoteric currents falling under the umbrella of the left-hand path and Friedrich Nietzsche. After all, the Nietzschean philosophy has had a massive cultural influence throughout the 20th century and esotericism, being a cultural and a social product, could have not escaped such a philosophical tsunami. Let's crack on then. In The Gay Science Nietzsche talks about the death of God. This is an often misunderstood concept of Nietzsche as he was not referring to God per se but to the metaphysical realm at large. For Nietzsche what had actually died was every metaphysical foothold people seek to justify their behaviour, morals and worldviews. Not only is God dead, but even the question around God, where God represents the sphere of influence over our lives, which is not related to the empirical world, but to the speculations around it. It is therefore the death of objective morality and world theories, whether they be secular or religious. As you know from my previous video, we also find this attitude in chaos magic and more generally in left-hand traditions. We find here the concept that whether deities exist or not, from an ontological standpoint, does not matter anymore as gods become instrumental to the will and purposes of the magician. The metaphysical world, both in Nietzsche and in these western esoteric traditions, is not set in stone out there but negotiated and this whole process gravitates around the will of the perceiver. Even science becomes an idolatry of facts when instead of focusing on providing a method to order the chaos, it assumes that truth is something solid and real to be grasped rather than a constant flux, subject to our interpretations. In The Birth of Tragedy, Nietzsche introduces the concepts of Apollonian and Dionysian, seen as the two basic aesthetic states and forces found in human enterprise. The Apollonian belongs to the image world of dreams, ruled by illusion and deception. It's also cosmos, order, language, symmetry. Basically, every human endeavour aimed at harnessing and controlling the wild and primeval chaos of the Dionysian. The Dionysian, being its counterpart, is the creative destructive world of rapture. The Dionysian is sexuality, animal instincts and all the wild impetus which predate any form of control. While in The Birth of Tragedy Nietzsche explains that there is a necessary balance between the two, you can easily read between the lines that he shows a preference for the Dionysian when it comes to authentic and free way of living. This dualism between order and chaos, dogmatic compliance versus Anarchic freedom is found in the esoteric traditions of the left-hand path as well. The very distinction between left and right, which is mostly endorsed by left-handers, and much less frequently by those following the so-called right-hand path, implies a dualism of sort. In the video on Chaos Magic, we also saw how a dualistic view underlies its philosophy. So the idea usually conveyed by practitioners is, see all those people who follow rules, traditions, dogmas and an Aristotelian thinking based on non-contradiction, those follow the right-hand path, while we reject all of the above to embrace the chaos of the wildest undetermined, unsettling, self-determining creative state. Well, this is quite close to the Nietzschean idea of the Dionysian. Moving on to the ethical views, we find in Beyond Good and Evil that Nietzsche distinguishes between the slave or herd morality and the master or noble morality. Once again a dualistic view. The slave morality is driven by a reactive force and belongs to those who are weak and cannot endure suffering. As a result, they make up and follow moral rules. The master morality, however, is driven by an active force and belongs to those strong individuals who are able to affirm themselves, cope with the tragedy of life, and make up their own moral values. Moreover, in On the Genealogy of Morals and in The Will to Power, Nietzsche upholds the idea of a transvaluation of all given values, which are dictated by the outside to encourage the creation of your own. These ideas are quite reminiscent of what occult practitioners following a left-hand path would believe. An esoteric practitioner of one such traditions would usually reject dogmatic rules, not only because they were forced upon rather than chosen, but also because they restrain and confine the kind of agency indispensable to pursue the goal of knowing who they are. How can you really know thyself if before that process of chaotic wandering even begins, you are already confined within the tiny space dictated by what you've been told you're allowed to be, based on your age, gender, size, ethnic background and so on, it is by becoming who you are beyond every theoretical, religious or metaphysical conviction that you can exert your will with the capital W and behave in accordance with yourself with the capital S, not because of rules of any sort but as a result of flowing with the flux of your becoming. Am I the only one who sees here the precursory elements or what Aleister Crowley really meant by his do what thou will shall be the whole of the law? Lastly, in Thus Spoke Zarathustra and Ecce Homo we find the philosophical concept of the ubermensch, translatable as overman or to be more gender inclusive, overhuman. The Nietzschean overhuman is the person who has overcome the human state, a higher being who has survived the death of God and is not reacting to the world any longer. He, she, has become a creator by embodying the active force which creates and perpetuates life itself. The disposition of the Übermensch is to affirm life as a form of art, crossing over humankind as if it were a bridge to a beyond state. Well. I don't know if you are with me on this, but I do see the disposition of a left-hand magician or a witch over here. That yearning for some kind of self-deification and the aim of ascending beyond the human state, or what the latter is presumed to be, is very much present among left-hand practitioners, as well as in some yoga and tantra traditions, from which Western esotericism has taken inspiration. The deities, the gods, are not seen here as ontologically existing beings to be worshipped, but a conceptual expedient to grasp a state of being, or rather a state of becoming, above what we know to be human, a trajectory to move forward and longing for whatever it is that lies beyond. So this is it for today's video. I hope you liked it and I look forward to reading your comments. As, as always, I reply to each and every one of you, as you well know. So do let me know what you think and you will... or uh, ask me a question if you want and you will get... you will always get a reply in the comment section. Also, I'm elated to report that our inner symposium, the community of my patrons, is growing. And with the Magus level patrons, we will start soon a study on primary sources, i.e. esoteric texts and books, to analyze them as always through an academic lens. So heartfelt thanks to Arthur Walker, Dylan Lewis, Nadia Reina Silver, Adam Ann, Joel Lopez, Scott Bilby, Mike Newton, Trevor D. Chenowith, Jesse Ephraim, Thomas Dolcelli, Jacob McCarthy, and Zifferina. Thank you so much for pledging to my Patreon. I will chat with you guys later. So, this is it for today's video. Hope you liked it. And if you did, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel. Activate the notification bell so that you will be always notified when I upload a new video. And as always, stay tuned for all the academic fun! Bye for now!